You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. So good to see everybody. Hey, live stream. We are functioning and we are on live stream this week. Can we just welcome our live stream guests? Oh, come on, Elevation. That's right. We love you. Thank you so much for joining us. You know what? Let's just take a minute. Let's, can we just pray for one another? You know, we just prayed. I would love to just lift up the prayers uh, of those who I know are homesick, uh, homesick, uh, but they're homesick. Uh, struggling, uh, some families with kids, and whatever the reason uh, brings you to stay at home. We just want to pray for you real quick. So God, uh, I thank you that you are not bound by time, you're not bound by distance, and you are not bound by technology and devices. And so, Spirit of the living God, just move in our hearts here today and move through the television screen, the computer or the phone screen, God, and just have your way with your children. Uh, Let them know that they're loved and they're missed, and uh, we can't wait to see them soon. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. What do you call a chicken who is afraid of the dark? A chicken. See you next week, everybody. Love ya. No, okay. So I once heard it said, uh, someone said, you know, growing up, I was completely afraid of the dark. But then I grew up, started paying my own bills, saw my electric bill for the first time. Now I'm afraid of the light, (laughs) right? There's a, uh, no, I'm not done yet. Um, There's a, a story of a boy and he just loved playing cowboy. And so he would use his mom's broom, but his mom just had this most difficult time getting him to return the broom to inside in the kitchen. And so he's out playing cowboys and Indians, and he's got the, uh, he's got the broom uh, between his legs for the, uh, the horse, and all of a sudden he notices that it's getting dark, and he doesn't like the dark, and he doesn't want to be left out alone in the dark. So he really quick runs to the porch, drops the broom on the back deck and goes on inside. Later on, obviously, it's pitch black out and the mom says, son, where's my broom? And he says, out on the porch. And she says, I have told you time and time again, you need to bring the broom in. So go get the broom right now. And he goes, mom, I can't do that. I'm scared of the dark. You know that. I can't go in the dark. And she said, son, Jesus is out there in the dark. There is nothing to be afraid of go get my broom. So he goes to the sliding door in the back. He opens it and he kind of leans out and he says, hey, Jesus, can you please get my broom? Okay. All of these stupid pastor jokes have to do with the fact that most of us hate the dark. Now, some of us like going to haunt at King's Island and getting scared in the dark. I never got that one. Uh, What did they say? If you're really lonely, turn off all the lights in your house, turn on a horror movie, you won't feel alone much longer. Isn't that crazy? That's what our culture has fed us today. We don't like the dark. Why? It allows our mind to imagine things in the dark that really aren't there in the dark. How many of you needed desperately to sleep with a nightlight? Yeah, I still do. No, I'm kidding. But you, you need some sort of light because we don't know what's in the dark, let alone we don't know when we're in the dark, we don't want to move because we don't know, number one, what's moving that we can't see, what's in front of us, what's behind us, right? It freaks us out. And today, I'd like to present a different perspective that I believe that God's plan for our lives is to actually use the dark to be the canvas for what he wants to do in our lives. I believe that God wants us to develop a spiritual discipline 
of what we're going to call for this two-week series, Going Dark. I'm going to explain it today, and then next week we're going to go deeper into application to even look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and throughout his ministry of how he approached the darkness and how he allowed God to meet him in the darkness and how he controlled even the darkness. But for today's sake, I just want to present to you the importance, and I would say the absolutely key and essential ingredient to the recipe of you growing in Christ. We just finished about an eight-week series. Actually, I think it was more like nine to 10, but it was the Beatitudes getting real, and it was all about the attitude of Christ. It's all about spiritual growth, right? And all of us who have been saved by God's grace, we've invited Jesus to be Lord of our lives. I don't know a single Christian who doesn't want to grow more like Christ. And yet we have churches all across this world that are filled with infant Christian babies who have been Christians for 50 years. And so God's desire for the church, his body, is to grow in two things we see in Colossians 3, verse 10. It says, to put on our new nature as we continue to learn to know, say no, and that's a K-N-O-W, not an N-O, Learn to know our creator, and the second thing is to look more like him. I say all this to let you know that if you do not develop a principle of going dark to meet with God, and we'll talk about that in a minute, you will not be able to effectively grow. Why? Well, Jesus says in in John chapter 15, if you're taking notes, write these down. These aren't on the screen. John chapter 15, he says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart, well, no, when you abide in me and remain in me, you will produce much fruit. But apart from me, connected or severed from the trunk of the tree, you can do absolutely nothing. And the sad thing is I look at my 41 years of living, there are so many times in my life where I lived completely disconnected from the source of life, Jesus himself. And then I wondered why I felt like God was so distant. I wondered why I was living on empty. I wondered why I hadn't heard from God and I hadn't felt the joy of his presence. It's because I disconnected from God. Jesus says to remain and abide with him. That is a continual connecting process with God the Father through Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this, and you don't have to say it out loud, just answer it to yourself. Do you know why you were created by God? What is the purpose of each man and woman created by God? What's the purpose? Do you even know that? I think it's really important and it is really sad when so many Christians have no clue why they were created. And then we wonder why in our culture we're all confused about who we are. We're wondering why we're confused about our gender and why we're confused about sexuality and why we're confused about our purpose and mission on earth. It's because we don't know what the creator created us for. And if we don't know that, how can we live it out? So the answer to what you were created for is you were created to know God. You were created to be known by God. He created you in his image so that you would know him, but it doesn't stop there. He also created you to be literally his image, his presence, his conduit, his hands and his feet on this earth. You can't do that without being with God alone staying connected to the source of the supernatural life that Jesus came and died to give you. I think one of the enemy's strongest tools in today's society is technology, is busyness equals success. As long as you are busy, then you're good. The demands and the distractions that we have all around us 
keep us from doing the one thing we were created for is to worship God. You can't worship God without being with God. Yes, through Christ, God is in us. We are the temple, scripture says, where his spirit resides. We don't have to go to a specific place to connect and meet with God. However, how often do we really acknowledge that God is with us? How often do we hit stop or pause from all the other non-important, but yet we make so urgent things in our lives? This is a problem, not just in our world, but in the body of Christ. And you know, I've, I've watched my staff, Brent and, and, and Michael and Tiffany, throughout the last two years, and I've seen them develop habits where they get away with God. They soak, they get outside in nature, uh, I know Tiffany, she's got a demanding life and she is learning to be with God. And it looks different for all four of us as a staff, but I tell you what, I have learned from them because I can tell when they're in the presence of God. I can tell, you can tell. It's because when you're connected to the vine, the source of life, you will bear much fruit. What kind of fruit are you bearing that is a result from you being connected to God in a personal way? Yes, he's there with you every morning. Yes, his mercies are new every day. Yes, his spirit is with you when you breathe in and when you breathe out. Yes, you can worship him and develop a lifestyle of worship when you're raking the yard, when you're driving your car, riding your motorcycle, whatever you're doing, camping, working, sweeping, cleaning, playing with the kids, God is with us and in us, but there are those times where the busyness and the burdens of life weigh you heavy, and you need to hear directly from God. Can I be honest with you? I think pastors sometimes are the worst at doing this. I would say one out of three pastors don't have a private prayer life. Can you believe that? And I'm often that one in and out of the three. No, God's with me and I'm growing and I read his word, but there's times where I just need to hear the father's heartbeat. I need to hear his still small voice. And in order to do that, I have to stop and push out all the distractions. We need to go dark. And so I'd like to just share three points with you that I am learning and changing my life over these three things. It all started with, um, well, God's been really pressing in on me for the last year or two, but just a, a week ago, I had the privilege of meeting with a pastor from Georgia and uh, he's in his 50s and he is experiencing, his church is experiencing revival like we have never seen in the United States. Even the Jesus, uh, um, the Jesus movement and different things like that, they're seeing healings and life changes through the baptismal waters. You should look it up. It's called Dawsonville, Georgia. His name is Todd Smith. And I had the delight to sit with him for a couple hours last week. And you know what my question was to him? Not how do you do a revival? Not what is God doing? What are all the miracles God's doing? I wanted to know from a pastor perspective because I know the struggle is real to get away with God. You think that pastors are up here on a, pulp, on a platform just all the time on the mountaintop with God. I wish and I'm learning, but I'm right where you are as well. And I said, Pastor Todd, I said, can you just tell me, can I ask a personal question? And he says, go for it. I said, how do you do life with God? You have a ministry, you have a school of ministry, you have all the responsibilities of a lead pastor. He's traveling all the time, speaking to different places. I said, how do you do it? He says, Phil, I go dark. He says, every day, I go dark. 
I didn't share this in the first service, and I don't mean to open a can because we'll talk about it later. Uh, I know that some of the uh, different spiritual practices of the Christian and the Holy Spirit moving in us and the word prayer language or tongues is just really foreign to a lot of people. So I don't want to cramp your style necessarily. But he said, you know what, Phil? They're the average person in America speaks 5,000 words a day, 5,000 words. He says, my goal is to speak 5,000 words to the Holy Spirit, to God, and to Jesus a day. And he says, in order to do that, I have to go dark. And there's different places he has that are his dark meeting rooms with God. One is the church during the week. And I've done this, and it's wonderful. God is here, by the way. Do you know that? His presence is here. He's not, he, he, he doesn't dwell in buildings. But when you create space for God's glory to rest and his presence to rest, he gladly comes. And I believe that God is here with us and I believe God is going to walk in the room for some of you in such a special, powerful way. But he said, Phil, I I just sit in the sanctuary, complete quiet darkness, and I just rest in the Lord. And I hear his heart and I seek his face. And he says, Phil, at home, I have a little room and I turn off all the lights and I go dark. My phone is down. Everyone knows that I am unavailable and I spend time with God. And so he challenged me. He said, Phil, you need to go dark. Every day, you need to go dark. Every day, go dark. Can I just tell you something? My prayer life and how I've experienced God this past week is more than I've experienced in two years. God longs to meet with you. And he's calling you to a dark place. Not dark in the sense of evil and scary and and brokenness, but a place that is void of everything else but him. It's a secret place. And so point number one today is God uses the darkness as his canvas. He did not use light in the beginning as his canvas. Look at Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Say empty, empty. Do you realize you've been praying and praying, God, fill me. God, fill me. God, more of you and you haven't emptied yourself. God will only fill what you make space for in your life. He's a gentleman. He will not force you. He will not push out anything in your area, in your, any area in your life that you're not letting go of. But if you wanna experience more of God, you need to empty yourself. The best way to empty yourself is to turn off the lights. Turn off all the distractions. Turning off the lights for you, maybe going outside, maybe going to the shed in the back, maybe going for a walk or sitting by the pond. We'll talk about that briefly at the end. But God wants to fill your life, but you need to empty yourself to give him room and space to have his way and meet with you. And the darkness covered the deep of the water. This is before light. Was the darkness evil? Absolutely not. It was God's. He uses darkness as the canvas, as the backdrop of his production. You see, I went to Africa uh, in 2016 with several people, 14 to be exact, from the church, uh, Brenda and Dennis and anyone else here that went to Africa, there were some in the, the first service. And I tell you what, it was so beautiful and the best part of it was at night, was at night. And I'd go out on this little patio that I had and uh, look up in the stars, in the sky and you could see literally every single star. I could see the Milky Way like never before. Why? It's number one, they didn't have all the pollution all the crud and the crap, you know, lurking in the air. 
Number two, they didn't have lights on everywhere. When people went to bed, the candles and the lights went out. They didn't have street lamps. They didn't have buildings that had lights on 24 hours a day. It was completely black. And now I'm starting to understand why God used black as his canvas. So you could appreciate and see the magnitude of his light. We don't appreciate light until we need to see. Until we understand the darkness is not allowing us to function or to see. When we go dark and we find God in the dark, we're seeking his light. And when you push out everything and you enter the dark, you're able to see the magnitude and the dynamic power of God's light. We need to understand that God is in the darkness. The light of the world is at home in the dark. He's omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere. Maybe God is literally just calling you to the shadows of the busyness and the loud noises in your life to meet with him. Can I ask you, when's the last time you've heard God speak to your heart? When's the last time you've experienced the peace of his presence of just being still before him? When's the last time that you really felt rested because God was with you? When's the last time have you sought God's guidance in life and actually stopped to listen? And we wonder why the church is not experiencing God. We're not seeking time with the Father. If we want to grow, if you want to experience God, you've got to make God a priority and intentionally create time to meet with him. God uses the dark. In the purest form, darkness is not evil at all. It's God's form of his light being the only thing we see and we hear. It is scriptural. God gave the promise to Abraham and to the world, promise that you know his offspring, he will bless him with the children of Israel that would be the children of God that call him Father Abraham, that the number of his children would be more than the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. How do you think Abraham saw the promise of God? It was God met with Abraham at night in the thick of blackness so that he could show him the light of his promise. Jacob wrestled with God that God would give him favor and blessing because he messed it up completely and he still wanted God's favor. When did he wrestle with God? When everything else was still. All night in the darkness, he wrestled with God. And the rest of his life, he had a limp in his hip to remind him that it's in the darkness, in the void of light, where God can be found in such special ways. The children of Israel, when they were delivered from the hand of the Pharaoh in Egypt, from bondage, when God delivered them and broke through in supernatural ways, when did he do it? At noonday, no, at night. When everyone else was sleeping, when there was stillness, they were able to leave and escape. And then Pharaoh changes his mind when the sun comes up. Now they're between literally a rock and a hard place. And it's still nighttime by the time they get to the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army's closing in. And what does God do at night? He splits the Red Sea and allows them to come through. Then throughout the 40 years of wilderness, how did God feed his children? Manna and quail. When did it come? If you read in Exodus, it came at night in the thick black of night to where when people woke up and there was still dew on the ground, their manna for that day was provided. There is something so sacred and intimate and special about the dark of meeting God in the dark. And yet we're so afraid. 
There's a song that I used to sing as a kid that I sing with my kids still. And it goes, who's in the middle of the dark? And the kid goes, God is. Who's in the middle of the dark? God is. Who's in the middle of the dark? God is. I'm not afraid because God is in the dark. How true is that? And so point number two is God is calling his children to go dark. What do I mean by that? Well, let me explain it this way. Going dark is a term any veterans here would know what that term means, going dark. It is a military term, and it means this. It means literally a sudden termination in public communication in order to accomplish a private or secret mission. So they you know, speak over the radio and they say whatever their name is or their number and they say, going dark. Meaning, we're closing all communications, there is no interference and there's no way someone can eavesdrop. But here's the cool, cool thing about going dark, means they're going off the radar, but they're not alone. They switch to a private channel to where if they need it, they have the assistance, the support and the backup. But it is a private channel between the soldier and the unit's captain or whoever's uh, doing the radio uh, calls. It's private. God wants us to turn off the communication of everything in our lives and turn to a dark private channel to where we can tune in to the heart of the Father added definition is to remove oneself from all social media. Imagine that. This thing is an awesome blessing and it allows us to connect in so many different ways and with so many more people. The problem is, is this demands so much of us. When someone texts you, what they're doing is they're saying they expect you to text them back now. And it's a constant Demand. So to remove oneself from all social media outlets and otherwise makes, make oneself unavailable for contacting. This is typically d- done in order to be more productive. Want to grow in your Christian walk, friends? Want to be more productive as a son or daughter of the Most High God? You need to learn to go dark. You need to learn to get off the radar, to slow down to turn off all the lights of all the noise, all the distractions, all the important things that for some reason you have to get done. It's going off the radar. It's pushing all the priorities and distractions away for one purpose, your mission. Your mission in life is to please God. You cannot please God by spending time, by not spending time with him. You want to please God, you must spend time with him. So God is calling us to go dark. One of the most incredible moments where God displays this this incredible, special, sacred moment is when Moses, after they lead, he leads the children across uh, dry ground between the Red Sea that God split. They're now coming, they, they, they now arrive to a mountain called Mount Sinai. And God is calling Moses up to his presence in a very special way for the purpose of developing a meeting place with God for Israel. As you know, Man has sinned and we separated ourselves from the holy presence of God. God demands perfection and holiness in order to meet with him. And Jesus Christ, his son, hadn't come yet. It wasn't time to fulfill that. It was all pointing towards Jesus. But until then, the children of Israel needed to understand the rules and regulations in order to meet with God. They still stand true for us today, but we have an advocate and a sacrifice for when we mess up, and his name's called Jesus. But this was an important meeting where God said, I want to meet with my people, and this, these are the conditions. And so Moses goes up to the mountain, and look at this scripture. 
It's very clear. The people stood afar, far off from the mountain, and Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Who's in the middle of the dark? God is. Maybe, just maybe, God is asking you to draw closer to him. But he's waiting for you to decide to turn off the lights, to make the time to push everything away and just focus on him. Number three is God's purpose for the dark. So God uses darkness as his canvas. Number two, he calls us to find a place to go dark where we just meet with him and hear from him. But often our prayer life is just a bunch of requests or we wait until we've hit a crisis or a desperate situation. And then we come to God, God, I need you. Where are you? He says, I've always been here. I'm asking you to come and turn off the lights and shut the door behind you to meet with me. I mean, how would a marriage be if the man and woman lived in the same house, ate the same food, paid the same bills, and yet they never relate with one another? What kind of relationship would that be? Would there something different when you turn off the lights, not necessarily physical lights, and you make your spouse the main thing, man, nothing speaks love to my wife than when I turn off my phone. I turn off everything and I focus on her. God wants the same thing. Why? Because he wants to show you more of him. It's all to bless you. It's all to make you his own. And so God's purpose for the dark is to grow us closer to him. You know, before digital media and our iPhones and different uh, Androids that take incredible photos and now you can just upload them online onto your computer. Before that, photographers had to literally go through so many steps to develop the negative prints into something incredible on photography paper. It's called the darkroom. Imagine that. There is no light but maybe a dim red light that allows you to at least see a little bit around you so you know what you're doing. But too much light will overexpose the picture. You have to have a specific amount of darkness in order to develop the negatives into an image. I think God may be calling us to create a dark room for our lives so that we can allow God to take the negatives in our lives and develop us. But that developing only happens in the dark. And sometimes it even takes dark things in your life to strip away everything else and meet with God. It is absolutely essential to the believer who wants to grow in the knowledge of his creator and to look more like her creator. Isaiah 45 really starts to enhance what I'm trying to say about the dark room of our lives. Now, so you don't think I'm taking it much out of context, Isaiah 45 is God speaking to the king, King Cyrus, and he's telling them about what he wants to do for the children of Israel. But I still think that we can take something from this scripture in understanding that God wants to do his developing in us while we go black or go dark. 
into the dark room of our lives. Isaiah 45, I will give you treasures hidden in darkness. Secret riches, who doesn't want that? I will do this so you may know that I am Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. When's the last time it's just been you and God? The pastor I was telling you about earlier, Pastor Todd, he's written several books. And he talks about creating a place personally and as a church, creating a place where God wants to dwell, creating a place where his glory can rest and reside. And he says this about going dark. He says this, he says, there are treasures in the dark. God beckons us to come into the room, shut the door, and sit in the dark. Both personal and church revival, and just to explain revival is not just some spiritual word where we put up a tent outside and ask lost people to come find Jesus. Revival actually means spiritual renewal, a fanning of a flame that is already lit no matter how dim it's lit. Revival is about spiritual renewal within us. And so he says this, personal and church revival is birthed only in the dark. Yet we wanna fit God into the crazy puzzle of our lives. We wanna fit God in between the different meetings and appointments that we have. We wanna fit God into Sunday so that it fits that at least one day a week we meet with God. There's no other way to have it in the dark. And what happens there allows and equips you to walk in another dimension of strength, wisdom, power, and glory. I ask you, do you desire to be able to operate in a different level of strength, wisdom, power, and glory? If the answer is yes, then the dark is your answer to find it. The closed doors you are facing could possibly be God escorting you into the night to encounter him. You see, the enemy loves to use darkness as a tool to scare us and bring us fear so that we don't meet with God. He also does everything he possibly can day and night to keep you from going dark to meet with God. Don't believe me? Just look over the past week or two of your life. He keeps you busy. He works so diligently to keep us all busy. I've caught myself so many times saying, I don't have enough time. I, don't, I wish God added a couple more hours to each day because there's not enough time in the day to get everything on my checklist done. Been there? Sports is coming, spring is coming, craziness is coming, right? We, he keeps us busy. If we're busy, we're gonna miss all that God wants for us. Number two, he wants us to focus on the things that don't really matter that will keep us from being dark with God. What are those things that we make important and absolutely that we have to make and we stop everything else for it? But yet we don't have time to take one to two minutes to turn everything off and pursue God. We've got our priorities all mixed up. And we wonder why we're not meeting with God. We wonder why we're not feeling, the sp not feeling, but we're not being filled with the supernatural power to carry on with what God's called us to do. Sadly, should I say it? <laughs> Sadly, 
we know a movie or a TV series on Netflix way better than we know our creator. We know the statistics to our favorite sport way more than we know the will of God for our lives. And if we're not careful, we're gonna be caught in the whirlwind, the busyness and the distractions of this world. Do you know the Bible, Jesus says, that in the end times, even the elect, meaning the leaders of the church, will be deceived. I truly believe that a lot of the deception is going to come from a lack of meeting with God in the dark. The last thing the enemy loves to do and works so diligently to do is he feeds us lies that allow us to justify for not being in God's presence. Just go through your last week of how you've justified. I do it all the time. But can I tell you that since I've been going dark with God, I got up yesterday and the only thing I wanted to do was go dark. <laughs> it's because I knew that I would find him there and the rest of my day would literally fall into alignment from there. And it did. So as an application, I wanna challenge every single one of you watching and every single one of you listening. I want, I want to challenge you to create intentional time Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to meet with God. And guess what? Start with one minute. Just start with one minute. Maybe, uh, maybe you just sit in your car in your driveway or your garage for one minute before you pull out of the, the driveway to go to work. Maybe you take lunch. Maybe even go to the bathroom. If it's a personal bathroom, turn off the lights and sit, whether on the throne or wherever, right? Just trying to be real. Maybe you're at home with the kids it's okay to maybe put cocoa melon on or something else that they like to watch and say mommy or daddy needs just two minutes. Is it worth it to you? Are you desperate enough for God to speak into your life, to develop you, to have his purposes and plans done in your life? Don't avoid the dark. For some of you, you can give five to 10 minutes. For some of you, go to a pond. Go to a resting place. Go somewhere where you can turn the lights of everything else off. For me, I'm not a big silence person and that I finally realized it's okay. So I got some soaking worship music. Just go to YouTube or Spotify or iMusic and, and you're gonna hear some of this in just a minute. But it's just soaking music. Just put some synth on to drown out some of the distractions and then just meet with God. Meet with God. Your soul needs it. You need it to stay connected to God. So this is what we're gonna do today. We're literally going to go dark for just a few minutes. I'm gonna ask you not to move. I'm gonna ask you to turn off and silence all of your phones. We're gonna go dark and we're just gonna sit. And all I'm asking you to do is just say, God, meet with me. Meet with me. Push out distractions. They come up in your mind, just say, God, show me your heart. I'm stopping right now. Give me your heartbeat. Bring peace, bring rest, and just sit and then I'll come back up and pray, and then we'll worship. Friends, it's time to go dark.
every single person right now, God. I pray you'd speak to them. Give them an image. Give them a word. Give them a thought. Give them an idea of how to make it practical and realistic in their daily lives to meet with you. afford not to, Jesus. yoga and all that, what do they start with? Life begins and ends with please check out our weekly impact Bible study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.